0: Hey, you may not know that that song that they did a little little while ago, uh, His Name is Higher was actually uh, a song that Nate wrote. So why don't we thank him for that song and thank him for blessing us with that and the rest of the worship team, Melinda and the team. They just do a great job every week. We're super, super blessed. Hey, if you happen to need a Bible, if you would just raise your hand really quick, don't feel badly at all. If you didn't bring one, if you want one, uh, just raise your hand and the ushers are coming down and they will gladly give you one. Um, And then eventually we're going to get to page 1147, which is Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to be there eventually, and you can uh, just turn to there if you want to. But here's the deal. Uh, Central, it is such a delight for me to be back with you again. Thank you for this opportunity. I always look forward to being with you. Let me just say a couple of things kind of uh, right at the start here. I just want to say, way to go. You are making a difference. Central, you are making a difference here in Holland and in Zealand and you're making a difference in this region and you're making difference literally all around the world and Indonesia and Cambodia and different places around the world and I just want to say thank you for that and I want to say thank you for giving to the stronger campaign as Jason already said thank you for rolling up your sleeves and writing checks and making that happen you're literally making a difference all over this place and I just want to say way to go for that. Praise be to God for that. You can feel great. And by the way, if this is your first time at Central, a couple of pieces of news for you. Number one, uh, you need to know that you've made a great choice because this is an awesome church. Um, Number two, you need to know that the really good news is that the senior pastor, Craig Reese, well, uh, I'm not that person. Um, And the better news is that he's going to be speaking next week uh, and he's got a great message for you, so you, won't, you don't want to miss that. So you've got to come back for the second time next week. But I just think we want to thank Pastor Craig and Vipka for the outstanding job that they are doing for providing leadership here at Central, because they are just amazing, and I love them and super, super thankful for them and for all that they are and all that they do. Uh, you know, Craig is a colleague, but he's also become a friend. And uh, we love each other, and we tease each other every once in a while. We have a great friendship, and we, uh, we give jokes to each other every once in a while. So... Uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously, it's a lot of fun. So I'm just delighted to call your pastor not only a colleague but a friend. So, okay, here we go. Now, if you haven't put up with a message for me, then you need to know that I'm the guy that should be on Ridlin and is not. Okay? So that's the deal, and uh, we'll do our best to, to keep your attention. Now, you don't need to pray, but I need to pray. So would you mind uh, praying with me for just a minute? Lord Jesus Christ, for the sake of your great name... And for the sake of people that are in here, that this morning walked in here with all kinds of things, as the worship team has already mentioned, things that are heavy on their spirits. I know that there are people rejoicing. I got to meet someone in between services that just got engaged last night. woo They're all like psyched. They're like, that's all they can think about. It's the ring that's on their hand right now, which is so cool. But God, there are other people whose marriages are really struggling right now. And I pray that you administer to those relationships. I, I know that there are people in this room this morning that are hiding things and really hoping won't be found out. God, I pray that you would come and speak to every person in this room through the power of your Holy Spirit. Get me out of the way, and I pray that you would be foremost in the next few moments. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you do me a favor? Would you turn to your neighbor and just say, you were created and designed for greatness. Go ahead, do it right now. Turn to your neighbor and just say, what's up on the screen, you were created and designed for greatness. You are created and designed for greatness. Some of you are turning back and said, I know, I'm already great. Yeah. I know some of you. Okay. Now, how do I know that? Am I just pulling that out of the sky? No, actually, the Bible, the word of God speaks of that. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. In other words, we were marked. We were marked by God. We have a a tattoo from God. We are marked by God. A guy by the name of David writes this and says, For you created my inmost beings. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Something that's not going to be up on the screen, but Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good things. And then Isaiah chapter 49, verse 1. Again, just speaking of the fact that we are marked, we're given a tattoo by God himself. Would you read Isaiah 49, verse 1 out loud and together with me? So if you make a mistake, make a loud mistake. Okay, here we go. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, he has spoken my name. God created us with great plans for our life. God created us with great plans for our life. When Jesus was here on earth, he walked up to a guy by the name of Pete, and he said, Pete, you're a fisherman. That's okay. Repeat it. I've got other things planned for your life. If you'll hang out with me for a couple of years, Pete, I'm going to use you to help change the world. He walked up to another guy by the name of Matt, and he said, Matt, You're a tax collector, which means that a whole lot of people in your world don't like you very much, because you're known as someone who pads their pocket with other people's money. But, Matt, here's the thing. I've got great plans for you, and I just want to encourage you, Matt, why don't you come and follow me? Hang out with me for a few years. Now, there's going to be a lot of people that don't like the fact that I'm making this invitation to you, Matt. But if you'll come and follow me for a couple of years, then, Matt, I'm going to use that innate ability that I placed inside of you to remember facts and figures and stories. And you're going to end up writing those things down. And 2,000 years from now, people are still going to be reading what you write down from the things that you're about to see in the next couple of years. Matt, I've got a great plan for your life. To the woman who is literally brought to Jesus by a lynch mob, he got on his knees, and he looked at her. Don't worry, ma'am, there are a lot of other people that would love to leave right now, so it's okay. It's a, <laughs> I bring people to tears all the time. It's not a new thing for me. <laughs> to the woman who was brought to Jesus by this lynch mob, he, he looks at her and says, this is not the way that you thought your life was going to turn out, is it? That this is not the way your life needs to be, because your life is filled with promise and filled with possibility. And I want to encourage you, Jesus said, give up the life you've been living and begin to live into the life that I have for you. I'll make sure this lynch mob doesn't touch you, but now I want you to begin to live in to all that I have for you. because you were made for greatness. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been marked by God himself, made in his image. But here's the thing, we've also been marred by our own sin. Now, it's just as, how many of you were watching the Super Bowl last Sunday and when you saw Terry Bradshaw with the little stain on his shirt, no joke, I'm sitting there watching the Super Bowl in my own living room, and my wife says to me, what's Terry got on his shirt? Like, he got a stain on his shirt. Shouldn't some, like, producer or director, like, tell him? How many of you saw the stain and wondered what was going on? Am I the only one? Thank you. Okay, so sure, he had this stain on him, right? And, of course, it was all part of a Tide commercial. and, and But here's the deal. All of us in life have a stain but our stain is actually on our soul our souls have been stained by sin a stain that is there because of our own decision and because of our own will we've made those stains Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 22 speaks to that, and this is what it says. Although you wash yourself with soap and use an abundance of cleansing powder, the stain of your guilt is still before me, declares the Sovereign Lord. Some of you feel that in acute ways this morning. You have regret that you really wish that you could undo. Events that you wish that you could have over again. And you have this sense that this stain is there. I'm not giving you any new information. The Bible ultimately calls this sin, and we're uncomfortable with that word only because we sometimes forget that everyone around us is in the same situation. Even people like Bradley Cooper has got stains, not only in their shirt, but in their soul. The Bible says everyone has sinned. Now, that means everyone. So, okay, how many of you will admit that you've done at least one thing wrong in your life? Raise your hand. Okay, now, hey, some of you aren't raising your hand, and you're in church, and you're lying. So you can go ahead and raise your hand now. Okay? (laughs) We all have, right? We've all done wrong things. We've all sinned. So how does God respond to that? God demonstrates, the Bible says, God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Someone had to sacrifice for the stain on our soul. Someone had to sacrifice so that stain could be removed. And that someone was none other than the perfect, stainless Son of God. Jesus was beaten and was nailed to a cross with spikes to buy us back. Why did he do that? Because God is crazy in love with you. Do you recognize that? God is crazy in love with you. God gets giddy when your name is mentioned. He's crazy in love with you. The book of Hebrews says, For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. You were his joy. You were his joy. Why did he go to the cross? For you. That we could be freed from addictions. That we could be freed from the negative personality traits that get in the way. Freed from the negative effects of abuse in our past. Free from the ongoing guilt of our past behavior. Free from the feelings of being isolated and alone. And when we're willing to go to God and to say, Jesus, we both know I've got disdain. I'm not, I'm not fooling anybody. We both know that I caused it. We both know that I've sinned and I need your forgiveness. And now I'm asking as the crucified, sinless, stainless son of God that you would remove my stain because you're the only one ultimately who can. I'm asking you to do that. And when we do that, when we come to God and we just are real with him and say, God, I need you to forgive my sin. Then immediately the third thing happens, which is we begin to be remade in the image of Christ. Our stained soul is now washed clean and a whole new life is opened up to us. See, I don't know if you've recognized this or not, but if you're hanging out today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you might think that your life is really cool and you got a lot of cool. Can I just say, you haven't tasted cool until you've come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You might think that your life is like, alive and you've got a lot of things going for you, well, that's awesome. But can I just tell you, you have not tasted all that life has for you until you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that there's a part in us that's actually sitting dormant until we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then when we come into that relationship with Jesus Christ, part of us starts coming alive or it should start coming alive. And all of a sudden, we recognize that there's this whole new realm and reality and possibility of life that we haven't been experiencing yet. We're finally in this passage in Ephesians chapter 2 that I told you about, page 1174. And I'd love it, again, if you would read this out loud and together with me. So again, if you make a, loud mis- if you make a mistake, make a loud mistake. Here we go. We all were dead in our transgressions and sins in which we used to live. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. See, Jesus made this statement. This is an awesome statement when he said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. And so if you're not yet experiencing a relationship with Jesus Christ... Let me help you. God doesn't want to steal all your joy and fun. God wants to enhance your life with a sense of joy and purpose and meaning that you've yet to experience. There's a whole new dimension to life that God himself wants you to experience. So now I'm just wondering, how many of you would like be willing to say, Chris, yeah, I've come into a relationship with God. And no, it's not that everything is, it's not that I never, I, 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 I never get a flat tire anymore. It's not that I, I never get into an argument with my spouse, but Chris, I would agree that there's a dimension to life that I never knew existed until I came into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you just be willing to raise your hand because there'd be other people around you that wonder if that actually exists, right? They just think I'm the guy up on stage going, whoa, 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 He doesn't really know what he's talking about. I, I, here's the deal. I am as convinced as I am standing here that there are marriages this morning that God wants to absolutely transform. There are people that walked in this morning that are hiding an addiction that God absolutely wants to allow you with his power and his strength to absolutely overcome. And you are right now a slave to that addiction. But God says, I can break those chains free and I can set you free from that. Some of you right now are addicted to porn. You're addicted to alcohol. You're addicted to Some of you are, are addicted to a negative self-pattern. It's thought pattern. You grew up in a home of negativity, and what continually goes through your mind is negative thoughts. You had a dad or a mom who was negative, and that's just what continually plays on the, on the MP3 player of your mind and your spirit. And God wants to set you free from that and say, he who the son sets free is free indeed. And you can actually believe me for the great things I have for your life. And that negativity can be a way. See, we're being remade in the image of Christ. And not only are those negative things done away with, but again, our lives can open up to all the possibilities that God has for us and the blessings that God created us for for us to enjoy. See, just like that woman who Jesus met and who he spoke life into, I have a sense that the Holy Spirit this morning deeply and desperately wants to speak life into you. And say to you. I've got promise and possibility. That I want you to live into. And can we just be honest with ourselves? This is not about self-help. This is not about picking ourselves up from our own. No, no, no. This is based on the power and the person of Jesus Christ. Who is powerful enough to come back from the grave. And is powerful enough to transform us from the inside out. So. Here's my heart. If you've yet to come into a relationship with Jesus, you need to know that his love for you is amazing. And he's here just asking you to consider a relationship with him. You know, you, you're here because perhaps someone dragged you here, a friend, coworker, neighbor, whatever. So you end up here. Or maybe you just heard about this church. On 40th, and so you just ended up here and you you find yourself there and you're wondering, okay, does God really love me? And can he actually intersect my life with all the craziness that's going on in my life? And I just want to tell you, yes, God really does love you. And if you're willing to to, to say to him, Jesus, I need you. I've got stains that I can't get rid of. I want to begin a relationship with you this morning. That fast that relationship begins. And I'm just asking you, would you please consider opening up your heart to a relationship with Jesus Christ? It can be done this morning, right now, right in the privacy of your own seat right there. Well, that's my introduction to my three-hour message. (laughs) So let me get to the rest of it. So, very simple. (laughs) I'm a simple guy, okay? We are, you know, we're marked by the image of God We've been marred by sin, and we're being remade by the person of Jesus Christ. Fourth and final, we've been given a mission to amplify this hope and life to everyone around us. We've been given a mission to amplify this hope and life to all the people around us. This loving, awesome God now says to us, hey, this process of people opening up their heart to a relationship with my son, Jesus Christ, I want that to happen to more and more people. I want everyone to be able to experience that. And I want people to be freed from their stains and their sin. I want them to be made clean. And I want to use the local church to bring that about. See, Jesus made it clear that the hub of his work would be done through the local church. The hub of his work is going to be done through this place, through places just like this all over the world. The local church. Now there are awesome parachurch ministries that will grow out of the local church. And I just got to Thinking this last week as I was preparing this message, I was just started thinking about parachurch ministries that have grown out of this church. Some awesome parachurch ministries. And I, by the way, I want to apologize in advance. I'm sure I'm going to miss one or 12 or, you know, 30. But here we go. Winning at home. Didn't Dan Seaborn do an outstanding job this last Sunday? I mean, he just was awesome talking to us about being in community. And, and you know, winning at home grew out of this church. Lori Jo Shepherd started this wonderful ministry called Barnabas Ministries. I was actually texting back and forth with Lori Joe this morning. And Barnabas Ministries has an incredible work in our community. Untangled Counseling Center, Shirley Volk, who attends here, and Tim Mills, uh, used to be on staff here with New Direction Counseling. Again, great counseling centers that are in this community as a result of people coming up through and being released in good ways, being commissioned through this church. Micah Gephardt, who's on staff here with Poetas, just does an incredible job through that ministry in Africa and in different places around the world. And not through this local church, but through a local church, the International Justice Mission was launched. Another great parachurch church ministry that really helps to reduce human trafficking around the world. But here's the thing. It's the local church filled with the presence and power of Christ that is the hope of the world. And it's the local church's responsibility to amplify that hope and life in its community and region and around the world. So let me just get really, really practical You know, it's it's the local church where ministries like Celebrate Recovery come out of. And right now, if, and I just have have to tell you, right now, if you have any any habits or hurts or hang-ups, can I just greatly encourage you to get involved, to come to Celebrate Recovery? Now, you do not have to agree with me, and I didn't do this in the first service, because quite frankly, I was too chicken. But I'll do it in the second service. I, I remember uh, very well a couple years ago that Pastor, Brad LaRoe, that, that Pastor Brad and I we did these messages together called "Getting Real." Where well, we got really vulnerable, and in so doing, just tried to begin to change a little bit of the culture of Central. And now it's come all the way to the place which I think is so cool. We're now celebrating recovery, so you don't have to hide stuff that you're carrying anymore. There's a place, a safe place where you can go and be real and say, this is what I'm dealing with and I don't know where else to go and I'm coming here believing that God's power is here. And I have to tell you, remarkable things are, are happening at Celebrate Recovery. People are, fi- right here at Central, people are finding hope that we're hopeless. People are finding encouragement who are discouraged. You know, yeah, you gotta clap for that. I think it's really, really cool. The God of all, and what was so funny is Pastor Craig and I were talking Uh, before the first service, and he was saying, yeah, Uh, Vipka, his wife, you know, who heads up Celebrate Recovery here, he was saying, yeah, you know, she comes home and she's kind of sworn to secrecy. She doesn't tell me anything that's going on at Celebrate Recovery. What happens at Celebrate Recovery stays at Celebrate Recovery. I guess that's what we're saying. But I think that's so cool because it allows anonymity. It allows you to come and just share in a place of, of openness and honesty and love in a safe place about the power of Jesus Christ and what he can do to transform a life. So I'm begging you, consider that. Don't let your life go another week, another month, another six months, hiding this thing and praying that you won't be exposed for it. But another thing, another great thing that happens out of the local church is that churches like local church in Grand Rapids that Torin and Jordan are leading. You guys commissioned them a couple weeks ago, and actually this afternoon I'm getting together with their launch team and going to do my best to encourage them. But here's the thing that we need to understand clearly. We're on this mission, and we've been given a life filled with both blessing and sacrifice. You know, God says, hey, I, I want to put you on a mission, but understand that mission is going to be filled with all kinds of blessing and also some sacrifice. Now here's the deal. There are incredible blessings of walking with God, incredible blessings. I don't know how many of you have done some devotionals lately out of the Book of Deuteronomy. I don't anybody like really hanging out in Deuteronomy. Some, some of you don't even know that word. Okay, Deuteronomy is a book in the Old Testament of the Bible. Okay, and uh, some of you are like on a on a year's reading program through the Bible, and you got to Deuteronomy, and you're stuck there, and you wonder if I if am I ever going to get out of the Book of Deuteronomy. Well, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, there's this great passage in it that I want to assist. With. It's gonna be up on the screen. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the country, pretty much everywhere you go. The fruit of your womb will be blessed, and the crops of your land, and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, and the lambs of your flocks. In other words, the pursuit of your labor. Your baskets and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. And the Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything. Say the word everything. Everything Everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he's giving you. God desires and promises to bless your life. Now, I think what happens is, is that I think for, for people who have been in church for a while, they get a little scared because there's been this, I don't know, for lack of a better word, this health and wealth kind of gospel message has gone out. And so they don't, they kind of, they, they, they shudder back from saying, well, God really wants to bless my life. But he actually, his word says it over and over again, that God's desire is to bless your life. It doesn't mean that everything's gonna be perfect, but God's heart and desire for you is for good things. He wants to bless you. And this abundant life that Jesus offers us also includes sacrifice. See, everything great in life requires sacrifice. Jesus isn't the only one whose sacrifice makes all this possible. We've been called by Jesus to sacrifice ourselves. Jesus said in Luke 9:23, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. So what does that sacrifice look like? Well, can we just be honest in this room? Can we disagree with each other that most of us confuse sacrifice with being inconvenienced? Most of us confuse sacrifice with being inconvenienced. You want to know what sacrifice looks like? Up on the screen. This is a guy by the name of the Apostle Paul. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. Paul's had some really interesting things happen to him. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've even been cold and naked. Now that's probably what sacrifice looks like. My wife and I, my much better half and I, were blessed to plant a couple of churches, to start two churches from scratch. And one of those churches, we went seven months without getting paid. And so I have to tell you, today I look around and I see other people that are my age in ministry, and some of them have much nicer houses than I do, and they live in, uh, they have much more uh, money in the bank than I do. But, But you know what? Here's the deal. I actually live in a house that I own, Then it has this incredible thing called running water, and it has this phenomenal thing called a thermostat. (coughs) Can we just be honest? I haven't sacrificed a lot. Really? I mean, can we be honest? Compared to the rest of the world, probably 98% of us in this room are in the top 1%. Of wealth. I don't say that to make you feel uncomfortable. I just say, so often what happens is that when we think, oh, I'm really sacrificing. Really? Go back to the Apostle Paul and kind of do like a little, oh, maybe I'm not sacrificing all that much. So, having said that, in what ways may Jesus be calling us to sacrifice or at least be inconvenienced so that hope and life can be amplified through my life and through his church. Well, sometimes that looks like financial sacrifice, which again, you've heard it, kind of been a theme this morning, thank you so much for your financial sacrifices so many of you have given for stronger. And as Jason did such a great job of talking about at the very end of his presentation, it's about the lives that are going to open up their heart to a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not just about new spaces. It's about how those spaces will allow people to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I just want to say thank you and keep giving. Keep giving to that. But it also includes giving up our preferences for the sake of people who don't know Jesus yet. Let me tell you a couple of stories really quickly. Three and then I'll be done. Let me tell you about Alan Eileen Yates. Alan Eileen Yates in 1970 went to Lowell, Michigan and started a church from scratch. They were given no money by the district and they just moved out there to a the little community of, of Lowell and they started this church. And Al got a job and he was helping to uh, build houses and he was making a whole $15 a week. But they, they labored, they worked really, really hard and they, they planted this church in Lowell and they were there for a total of 10 years and they built the first facility that's there and they opened up that facility and, and by the time they were done, after about 10 years, and they had about a hundred and so people there at the church. and Then they left and they went to another church, actually here in Holland. What's interesting is, is over the next 20 years, that church there in Lowell had kind of seen its heyday and began to decline. And finally, 20 years later, they actually shut the church down, basically, because there was only just a few folks in the meeting in the basement of that church. Everyone else had kind of gone away. Well, then what happened is the district came in and put a new pastor in there, and we started, started again with a guy by the name of Phil, and then a few years after that, a guy by the name of Jason came in, and he took the reins, and now Jason Holdridge is the senior pastor of that church, and today that church runs 1,300 people every weekend, and they've got 53 parking spots, no lie. People walk from all over the place to get there. They happen to do a church on saturday night and that's where my wife and i go on to church we go there on saturday nights together because my gig is to be in a different church every sunday so i was speaking january 1st at at this church and, that, and they've now changed the name it's no longer called lowell weston it's now called impact church so i was speaking at impact january 1st 2017 and i i invited Alan and eileen back and i just said you guys haven't been here for a while and i think you guys need to come back and see what's going on and by the way these people have just raised a boatload of money just like Central has because they're going to they're gonna build a brand new $7 million facility because they can't hold everybody. So I just invited Ellen and Eileen back, and they came back, and they got there before because they, they've got two services on Sunday mornings just like Central has. So they got there early, and you knew who they were because they were the only ones in a suit and tie, and she had a dress on. Woo! They looked really fine. They also looked really out of place right? I I went up before the church service started, I said, Al, here's what you need to know. The music's going to be really, really loud here. Now, the good news is they're not doing really any fast music, but it's going to be really loud. But Al and Eileen, here's what you also need to know. You need to know that a couple weeks ago on Christmas Eve, 42 people opened up their heart to a relationship with Jesus Christ here. (laughs) So we... During my message, I brought Al and Eileen up, and they got to see, and they're just crying like babies. It was so cute. It was just so awesome. So then I took him to lunch afterwards, and Al looks over at the table for me, and he says, Chris, said, yeah, he said, you need to know something. I said, okay, and he said, you know that music you were talking about? Yeah, yeah, it was really loud. But you know what, Chris, I don't care if it was loud. All I care about the fact is that 42 people opened up their heart to a relationship with Jesus Christ two weeks ago. Chris, if that's what it takes to win people to Jesus, then here's what I say. Turn it up. Turn it up. Because, Chris, it's not about my preferences. It's about the needs of the unchurched people. Millennials who are in this room, Generation Y and then Generation X, I'm begging you. I'm begging you to get involved in the life of Central and make a huge difference contribution to what this church is today and what it can become tomorrow. I'm begging you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your spirit and say, those things that I've placed in your spirit, I want to do amazing things in and through you. I want you to reach your generation for Christ. I'm giving you ideas. I'm downloading ideas into your spirit that I want to use to do amazing things. My, I grew up in a young adult group that went from 60 to 600 in my young adult years. I am begging you, Generation X and Generation Y, to understand that God wants to do amazing things in and through you. And I beg you, get, in get involved somehow in the teen ministry here. Get involved maybe in launching a ministry. All I'm asking you is don't you dare believe that, that ministry is not for you because it is for you. Make a difference in your generation for the glory of God. He wants to use you. And for old folks like me, can I just say, let's not care about our preferences. Let's care about our kids and our grandkids coming into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And let's not hang on to our preferences too much. 128 days ago, my dad passed away. He met Jesus face to face 128 days ago. Wish you could have met my dad. Dad was an awesome guy, wasn't perfect, was an awesome guy. Dad worked for AT&T for 30 years, and he'd get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and usually leave for work about 6 o'clock. And Wednesday night, the church I grew up in was youth group night. We lived about 15 miles or so, 15 minutes from home, I mean, from the church. And so youth group night, Dad would come home, get something to eat, and youth group started at 7 o'clock, so he'd get in the car and drive me the 15 minutes over to church, then he'd drive back home, and youth group went from 7 to about 8.30, at 8.20 or so, he'd get in the car and drive back, and this won't surprise you, but I have a mouth that can just keep talking, so youth group is over, but I'm still in the room somewhere just talking to folks. Somewhere about 8.45, I would finally meander out to the parking lot, and dad would be there, and pick me up, take me home, exhausted from his day. My dad was neck deep involved in the life of the church all the years I can remember growing up. Here's the thing about my dad. He never once complained about waiting for me. He never once complained about the music in the church. He never once complained about the pastor. Never once complained about anything going on in the life of the church. All he cared about was more and more people coming into a relationship with Jesus Christ and doing whatever it took to make that happen. He understood that he was on a mission. And when I'm 86 years old, which is how old my dad was when he went and saw Jesus, I pray that I will still not care about my preferences, but I'll still roll up my sleeves and say, we're gonna do whatever it takes to reach people who are far from God. People of Central, who I love, there's a part of you inside of me. We are marked by God's image. And yes, we've been marred by sin, but we're being remade in the image of Jesus. And he's given us a mission to accomplish. Let's not sell ourselves short, but give ourselves wholeheartedly to the mission he has for us. It's all made possible by a nail pierced savior. And we're gonna thank for that as we join together in communion now. Pastor Craig, would you come?
1: Let's show our appreciation to, uh, to Chris, shall we? You know, the power of the church is not in the pastors on the stage. It's actually in the people in the pews. That's the power of the church. And I really believe that the hope for this nation moving forward is for the people of God to recognize that we have been created with a purpose. Yes, we were marked and marred by sin. But thank god even though we're not what we'd like to be we're not who we used to be and that means that there is a mission that god has called us to do and the bible says the reason that we've been left on this earth is because we're to proclaim this this good news that we've heard today you know all too often um we come into church hoping to learn something new Uh, maybe a new song maybe it's to discover something new from the scriptures but you know sometimes it's just really good to be reminded of something so old and yet so new. Chris, I want to thank you for doing that this morning, for just reminding us of the good news that's old news, but boy, is it powerful. And the Bible also says that not only is our responsibility to proclaim this good news out there, but we actually proclaim it in here too when we, partaking communion, which is what we're about to do right now. The Bible says that when God's people take bread and drink the cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. That's good news. And so we're going to practice this proclamation that we're going to do out there this week, in here right now, by taking of the Lord's Supper together. If you're a guest of ours, you don't need to be a member of this church, a regular attender of this church to partake. All you need to do is to know that you have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that you have done what Chris encouraged us to do, that you have recognized your sin and you have invited Jesus Christ in to continue that remaking process. Now, the way we're gonna do that today is our team are gonna sing. And as they sing, we're going to have the privilege, when we're ready, of leaving our seats and just making that response and going to some of the servers that are on the ground floor and also in the balcony. If you are gluten-free, we do have tables that are here on the ground floor. And just behind our sound booth, there is just a bench area there. And the gluten-free area is there for you to just go and help yourselves. At the same time, if you're here and you may need assistance, all you need to do is just go to the person by the side of you and, and just or just say to them, hey, would you mind assisting me? And uh, if someone does that for you, go to these gluten-free tables or up in the balcony, just uh, take the bread in the cup and just uh, take it back to uh, the person that's requested assistance from you. But just, let's just pause for a moment and thank God that we were made for a purpose. Let's thank God that even though we are marred by sin, because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, we are being remade. And because of Jesus, we're now partakers of the divine nature. Because, of Jesus, because Jesus went up, the Holy Spirit has come down. And He has empowered us for a life of sacrifice and mission. As we prepare to take the Lord's Supper, let's just go to God in prayer, shall we? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the reminder that we have received today. I'm reminded of the scripture that just proclaims that that story of how Jesus ministered to one woman and said, "Lady, what has been done today will be proclaimed for generations to come." Father, so many of us have been in in churches for so long that we have become almost deafened to the wonderful good news of the good news. And Father, as we partake in the bread and drink of the cup today, I pray that that old story would just do a new work. And for some people here this morning, Father, they've recognized through the work of your Spirit on the inside that they are becoming deadened to the good news, that their their conscience is becoming desensitized. And so that old story has become new in their hearts. And for some people here this morning, there has just been this cry of their hearts to say yes to Jesus, and that old news has become good news and new news once again. And so, Father, we thank You that You loved us enough to send Your Son, Jesus Christ, into this world to pay the price for our sin. And we thank You, Jesus, that You were willing to humble Yourself and become obedient not only to death, but to death on a cross. We thank You that You paid it all. And we thank You that death could not hold You the grave could not keep you captive, that you rose again, appeared to the disciples and then when the time had fully come, you ascended to your Father where you now sit, interceding, praying for us. And as a result of that, we thank you that the Holy Spirit has come down, has been given to us and enables us and empowers us to respond to your work. And we do that now by taking of this bread and dipping it into the cup and proclaiming your death, your resurrection, and the hope and life that you offer until you come. And for that, we thank you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, when you're ready, just leave your seat and proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Thank you all so much for worshiping with us today. I pray that you would really go home with that truth firmly implanted, not just in your mind, but in your soul. That the power of the kingdom of God really isn't held captive in the church. It's actually indwelling within the people of God. And I pray that you would leave here today encouraged and inspired. And I pray that God would give you plenty of opportunities and that you would truly perceive them over this week. A couple of reminders to you. First, if you need prayer this morning, you can come to the front just at the end of the service. If something Chris has said has really triggered a desire in you to either make a decision for Christ or to uh, really press on in any, any area, whether that's because God is dealing with you with a hurt, a habit, or a hang-up, or whatever else it is, then please do feel free to come to the front at the end of the service. There'll be people here with orange tags that would be delighted to pray for you. Also, there's a prayer room just out and, and off at the main auditorium here that you can go to if you need more privacy. Secondly, at 4 o'clock this afternoon, we have the Indiana Wesleyan Chorale that will be here. It will uh, They will just uh, be preparing, um, uh, just leading us in some musical pieces. And uh, that is not going to happen here. That will happen in the chapel. That's at 4 o'clock. They truly are a great uh, group there. And uh, we would be delighted to host you. So as you leave this place, go as the child of God that you are going grace, going peace. And we will look forward to seeing you all again next week. Thanks for worshiping with us. Uh, Have a great week. God bless.